probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Blake Myers from the Buried Alive Film Festival. Awesome. Thanks for coming back, man. Oh, man, it's a good time. So today we're talking about Minute 79 of The Thing, which begins with... Uh, Clark saying, yeah, he wasted Norris pretty quick, didn't he? And then ends a minute later with uh, Mac, uh, you know, rubbing his knife on that stripped wire try- before we know what he's going to do with it. We're trying to figure out what his plan is at this point. So, um, so yeah, now we've moved back into the kind of, uh, there's no monsters for a minute here. We've kind of moved back into this paranoid thriller that we've had for the last like half hour up until the crazy Norris stuff happened. But uh, yeah, we get this, the beginning of this minute. We've got Clark, who's again you know, kind of the the main guy who's trying to take out Mac. He's got like, he's got a thing out for him because uh, Clark is one of the ones that he tied up earlier because he suspects him from being so close to the dogs. And uh, yeah, so we get some great kind of tense editing back and forth while Clark is kind of trying to get closer and closer. And we keep getting these cuts where we see his fist and close up and, and the scalpel in his hand. So Clark is like ready to attack while Mac is dealing with this other stuff that's going on, which is, you know, adds another layer of tension to what's happening already. And we're back in the rec room in this scene, aren't we? That's right. Yeah. The rec room, like rec rooms, like its own character in the movie, I think. (laughs) Well, yeah, you got your asteroid. I saw the asteroids cabinet in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not a traditional asteroids cabinet. That is a just a marquee put into a different cabinet. Is it really? I'll just throw that out there real quick. <laughs> yeah, it looks smaller than you know an original uh, asteroids cabinet. Have some cool artwork on the side and be large and black. That looks more like it's maroon or something. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of interesting. It's a little different. I know one of the um, cabinets they said they had to paint. Uh, it might be that one that they had to paint the outside black because otherwise it looked too. It was too distracting, like it was too brightly colored or something like that. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I would imagine it would be kind of distracting. That's what most of the stuff in the background. They don't want anything in the background to distract from the actors who are acting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but in this, at the same time, there's a lot of really cool set decoration going on here for sure. I like one of my favorite little bits that I I, I never was able to read until the until uh, the Blu-ray came out is the um, the poster behind McCready here. That's uh, we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but it's on major display in this scene where uh, it's an anti VD poster that says uh, they are they says they aren't labeled chum. <laughs> Is it the uh, the lady behind McCready? Uh-huh. They aren't labeled chum. What does it mean? <laughs> I guess like you know that they uh, you won't just because uh, you can't see if someone's got VD like <laughs> which is. Such a great like little little tie into the movie here to kind of have that going on as well. That just as a kind of background piece of uh, piece of evidence. <laughs> and uh, we, we talked about too. I really like the fact that on the opposite wall 
of that that po- that you know the anti VD poster. The opposite wall is covered with pictures of naked women that they've hung up in the rec room, which is like perfect antithesis to that poster. It's a John Carpenter film, just like in Dark Star. That's right. Yeah, he's got that going on a lot, actually, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, he does. He does. You know, well, you know when dudes when dudes are living in extreme situations far away, they want to have their 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 nudie pictures hung up. It's just it's just the way of life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what happens naturally. Um, who is it with that um, McCready's pointing the gun at in the scene? So yeah, so he has a little showdown with uh, with Childs here, Keith David. That's Childs, Keith yeah. David. Yeah. I love the way they've um, shot that with the gun being out of uh, the depth of field. Yeah. When you really feel like you're in the, the, you really feel like you're in Keith David's shoes right there with the gun getting pointed at you like that. Yeah, you're right. I never actually looked at that scene that closely, but it's a, it's a great shot where we're moving closer to Keith David and the gun is getting bigger and bigger into frame. So yeah, it really yeah, does no, kind of threaten him. It's the shot right after that though, where you got McCready and he's and the gun is out of focus and it's shaking right in your face. Oh yeah. 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 You're right. It's in the back. It's really a, a good setup. It makes you feel like you're right there. Yeah, no kidding. It does feel like the gun is like literally touching you almost. <laughs> it feels like a 3D effect, you know? Yeah, yeah. If this was made in that era, that definitely would have been one of those things they would have uh, they would have had come out of the screen at you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's also when they go back to the wide after he shoots. Um, wh- I'm sorry, which characters did he shoot? Uh, Childs. Oh, no, he, he shoots Clark. No, he, sorry. He shoots Clark. Yeah. You see the, you see the pinball machine in the background. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you can really see it right after Clark falls down. Yeah, yeah really, really good, good sense of these wide shots in here. Yeah, it's they great. do a really good job of establishing um, a sense of space through the whole the whole thing, but especially the rec room, you get a really good sense because you've seen it from almost every side. They really take advantage of kind of the space in that room and, and you know, showing you all the bits and pieces. Like, I mean, here in this part where we see uh, when Palmer's tying the, the bodies up at the end of this minute, um, that's part of the room we haven't really seen that much of, like over by the bar. Um, so it's they, they really kind of take advantage of, you know, using every little bit of this space and shooting it from all kinds of different angles, which is, you know, the advantage of having a, 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 a cool set like this, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, I bet all those walls came apart and came back together. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. And, uh, <laughs> man, that was just, you know, it just it's John Carpenter's, like, idea. Like, I think I feel like it's, uh, you know, shooting in a confined space and making it feel like you're really cramped in there. Oh, yeah. It feels really lived in, you know? It feels like these people, that's what they do there. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely got that same sense that, like, Alien did of just, like, these guys have been here yeah. for a while, and it's not, like, this kind of pristine research facility. Like, it's very, like, there's a bar. There's, like, boxes of beer sitting around. And, like, you know, there's there's uh, the uh, darts hanging on the wall. And, like, you know, there's just, you definitely get a sense that these guys are comfortable with this space and you know that that this is where they've lived and where the you know where they all kind of hang out and have fun together i'd also like to point out that i've spotted an Atari 2600 in the background really where is it at the very uh, beginning of this minute um i'm sorry what's the oh, character you're right the hat? clark yeah clark it's right to the right of clark as he's walking through they keep it on top of their tv totally <laughs> you're right no kidding i've never noticed that before that's awesome that's fun <laughs> it's for them to play their game of centipede or something <laughs> that's totally you know, i just don't see any of these characters in this in this in this movie sitting around playing Atari 2600 that's for when the kids visit <laughs> right <laughs> yeah there's a uh, um it's funny we talked about a long long time ago back in some of the first minutes of the movie where there's like 
10 seconds where you see you guys like actually having a good time and hanging out in here. And it's, uh, it's Blair, Wilford Brimley and somebody else. They're playing ping pong. Like everybody, it's like, Oh, they have no idea what's coming. Do they? <laughs> no, 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 no. This room is you never know, I, a place of fun after that. <laughs> I also enjoy, I also love the, um, the blue flares, kind of like the blue, the blue gels on things in the yeah. scene is when he's waving his gun around in child's face they keep going back to the scalpel and it has the same kind of blue tone on the gun and the scalpel. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know, it just kind of ties it all together in a nice way. Yeah. It's a great, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things too, that it ties it together with reminding you because, you know, we're, we're stuck in this interior for a big chunk of this movie right here, but they always do a good job of doing stuff like that to remind you like, Oh yeah, that's right. They're in Antarctica. It's f- like, insanely cold outside there's a blizzard going on like it really gives a sense of that cold even though they're still they're inside the building you you get an idea from that blue light coming through the windows and and reflecting off everything they said they kept this studio at 40 degrees when they shot yeah <laughs> which what must have been uh, a pretty I, I wonder how much of their budget went to the refrigeration because I the think, air conditioning bill yeah, yeah because i think they shot it during like one of the hottest summers on record in la <laughs> Well, you know, it's probably they would have to shoot at 40 degrees to make these actors wear these outfits. Yeah, no kidding. They'd all be dying otherwise. <laughs> uh, they, I remember reading somewhere that uh, for, you know, at the beginning, they would all like take their parkas and sweaters and everything off but when they went to the commissary for lunch. But they all just got sick of it by the end and they'd all just go in, in costume to lunch because they got tired of having to change in and out all the time. So I'm sure that was pretty funny to see these guys wearing these big old parkas and stuff. Uh, eating out in like 100 degree weather at the in the commissary on the set <laughs> honestly it gets to the point where you don't have time like yeah people people have to eat in their weird costumes or their zombie makeup every day yeah i'll bet you see a lot of that on walking dead i'm sure <laughs> that's really funny watching people eat i'll bet yeah <laughs> and uh yeah there's actually i had a note for this specific minute about something exactly with that where that um for for the uh like 10 days or so that they were shooting this scene, um, Richard Mazur, who plays Clark, had to uh, had to go to lunch with a big bullet hole in his head every day, <laughs> <laughs> which probably took, uh, you know, got a few funny looks, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, how that bullet hole uh, happens, I guess. So, <laughs> so we, yeah. get, we get this really tense kind of showdown between uh, McCready and Childs, who have had this whole thing going for the last, you know, big chunk of the movie where they've really got this kind of rivalry going on where Childs kind of wanted to take control and McCready said he was temperamental. And then, you know, when they kind of start to suspect McCready, uh, Childs is kind of leading the charge to to take him out. Like, like they're, they're ready to kill him because they think he's been taken over. So it's a really nice tense moment where, uh, you know, Childs is like, you know, do your worst. Like, you know, go ahead and kill me. Like I, he's calling his bluff. Um, yeah. And so it's it's a it's an especially awesome tense moment because as McCready's dealing with that, you know, as we, we were talking about those great shots with the guns like right up in your face in the camera, um, we also know at the same time because we keep cutting back to seeing behind Clark that now McCready's his attention's away from the guy who's like you know got it out for him and has a knife in his hand ready to pounce on him. So it's like super suspenseful because you've got this face off and this other guy who's like ready to leap at any moment too. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, so then uh, Keith David uh, unfortunately loses the battle of 80s badasses to Kurt Russell as, uh, you know, McCready cocks his gun and is uh, is ready to take a shot. And, and uh, Childs has got to back down. But 
as soon as that happens, like the moment that happens, Clark, you know, leaps it to try and attack him with the with the scalpel. And uh, we get McCready turning around and taking a taking one shot straight to the head to take him out. It's a uh, it's a pretty intense uh, moment. It's something that's been building up. You know, we've we've almost kind of forgotten about it, but it's been building up since before the whole Norris transformation. So it's a it's a a big uh, you know tension breaker when that when that finally happens. Yeah, Norris's little situation got in the middle of the scene happening for a little bit. Yeah. But it escalates the uh, the drama that we need to have this conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, love, I love how it switches into the wire. Like, you're like, I don't know what's happening, but it seems like it's going to be pretty weird. Computer, how likely is it that one of our guests may be infected with the intruder organism? 100%. Great. In that case, what are our chances of survival? Projection. If guests make it to other podcasts, all of iTunes will be infected within 27,000 hours. Yikes. Well, how long can we keep this up in the meantime? Projection. Without listener support, the generator will be destroyed in less than 24 hours and podcasting will be impossible. If only the radio wasn't down, we could reach the mainland and tell the listeners to go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button in the bottom right of the page to help out. Projection. If listeners go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button, chances of the podcast survival goes up 75%. Windows, keep trying. Yeah, this this minute and the next one are great because you... We know that McCready's got an idea. He's figured something out based on what happened with Norris, we can assume, but we have no idea what he's planning. So it's like the fact that he's scraping that wire and he's like, you know, everybody get tied up. Like, we really have no idea where he's going with it, which is, you know, keeps you kind of interested and engaged and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it's a great tool. Yep. It's, you know, they always talk about how actors want to have their business, like on top of their lines and, and their blocking and everything. Actors should always have something to do with their hands, something that they can, you know, add to their character and emote with, too. And so that's a yep. great thing, too. It's it's a bit of a mystery, but it also gives uh, Kurt Russell something to do to uh, keep the momentum going. Um, and, you know, people fucking around with some bare wire. That's always scary. <laughs> yeah, you know, nothing ever good can come from that. Unless uh, I don't think McCready's about to set up a speaker system, but uh, other, other than that, uh, you know, no, nothing good can come of that, I'm sure. Yeah, his, his next line is like, do you guys like to rock? <laughs> I got some kicking system. Oh man, I just yeah. bought I just got Star Wars on Blu-ray. We're about to put in some surround sound here up in the outpost. <laughs> like that I, was not how it happens. No, the movie takes a dramatic turn from there. <laughs> um I did want to mention that uh actually, you know, we've talked about all these kind of dangerous things that they did on set that they probably would not get away with nowadays on a major production. And this was Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you could probably tell some stories, but um, the, uh, the, the, sh- when he shoots Clark was actually one of the most dangerous things they did in the movie because, uh, of just how close up everything happens there. Oh, um, wow. so it's a, it's, they're using a blank and, and it's only a quarter of a load of, uh, of gunpowder or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly how that works, but they said it was a quarter load blank, but still the fact that, uh, Clark was so close to him, it was actually really dangerous. They were worried he was going to get burned on his face when they did it, but they timed it out just right. And the distances worked out and you know, it, it's a, it's a great shot. And the time he made that movie, it'd be like crazy to do something like that. Cause you're probably going to get hurt, but you know, I guess they have some great stunt people that can really work that out. 
Yeah, and I now guess you just put a digital effect in there. Yeah, exactly. You hardly ever get gunfire on on shoots anymore. I imagine just because they can add that at the sound and the muzzle flare later. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I can I can count on one hand the times I've actually seen live gunfire on, on a shoot. Uh, you know, in these days, it's just something they don't do. But yeah, this is on top of it being actual live gunfire. Even even though it's just a blank, it's super close up. So yeah, this was a pretty dangerous thing. And it's funny you can actually see the other guy's reactions. It, uh, Keith David in particular looks like he's really reacting to it. Not, it's like he almost looks like he's out of character. Like, ooh, oh, is he all right? <laughs> yeah, he does. It's kind of great. Um, so yeah, and then, then the end of this, uh, before we get to that kind of knife scraping on the wire that we were talking about, we've got Palmer who's tying up some dead bodies, which is like, you know, you're never in a good situation when, when the corpses have to get tied up. Uh, <laughs> and Palmer's kind of freaking out about it. It's a, it's a really nice, uh, nice bit of acting from David Clannon, I think, cause he really sells that. Like he's super uncomfortable with this, what he, what, uh, McCready's making him do right now. <laughs> and you know, even tying up bodies like that, that ain't going to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to morph into other weird, crazy things and get you. Right. That is always kind of funny to me. Like uh, they really think the rope is going to like, like, yeah, I don't think that's going to do it, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they don't understand exactly what's going on. I guess they're just doing whatever they think they can, but yeah, it's uh it seems kind of silly when you considering what we just saw happen. I don't think a rope around Norris would have, uh, would have saved everybody. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think that that's uh, that's more or less all that happens in this scene. We've uh, after, with with Clark getting shot, we uh, we're down to seven of the twelve original characters in the movie that are that are left. So we've lost wow. lost uh, in the last just the last couple minutes. We lost Norris, Copper, and Clark. So we're, we're almost down to halfway. That's right. Yep, uh, seven little Indians left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, any, anything else you wanted to mention about a uh, minute seventy nine? No, I think I think minute eighty is on the way. That's right. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. But um, make sure, uh, listeners, if you haven't already, check out moviesbyminutes.com for a whole collection of other podcasts like this one. So uh, obviously, I was not the first one to do a, this crazy endeavor of looking at a movie uh, minute by minute. But there are dozens and dozens of other great ones. There seems like there's a new one every day. So um, just recently, I was uh, I actually got a chance to guest on the Cabin in the Woods Minute, which is a great one. Those guys, uh, it's it's a super fun show, and that's a great movie to kind of examine minute by I minute that is. Heck there's, yeah. there's just so much crazy fun stuff and references to other horror movies and so that's a that's a one i can definitely wholeheartedly recommend and uh i think i'm on minutes like oh man i'm not even gonna say because i'm gonna totally mess it up <laughs> i'm early in the movie I'm, I'm in the part where they're talking about the uh the two-way mirror when they first get to the cabin which is a, a fun little scene so you know check those out but definitely support that show and, and all the other great uh movies by minute shows uh by going to moviesbyminutes.com uh, and uh, while you're checking those out, just make sure to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minutes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper.